0: You have just become a part of the Apostles Corner podcast, pointing the hearts of man back to God. And now, today's show. Good morning, everyone. We'd like to welcome you to this edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. Today is going to be a little more aggressive than other days. We've been in a series of relationship dynamics. One of the biggest problems we have in the body of Christ today is a lack of a relationship with the Father. If we were to title this particular edition, it would be Blessed by Division. We talk about the unity of the Spirit and the unity of the faith, but the world looks at us and that's not what they see they see something else before getting started because of the depth of this teaching I'd like to stop and take a moment to elevate the Spirit of God in the midst of everyone that is here Father God we thank you this day that we might say that we are in your presence we do not say that we come into your presence but because of commitment faith and a sold-out life. We remain in your presence. We declare the majesty, might, and power of your spirit right now. Father, in the power given through the precious blood of Jesus, I come against every adverse spirit in the home and in the life of anybody that is watching or listening to this podcast, that they may be free to receive the fullness of what you are saying. This hour, Lord God, let not the ears of man hear what I am saying. But let the spirit of a man discern what you are saying, that they may not give credit or plaudits to me or consider anything of me, but that they might look to you to understand what you are saying in a dark and perverse time, in a time that the world is seeing exactly what you said would be in the last days. We glorify you right now for all that you are. We do not lift any negativities above you, but we declare your majesty as you are the ruler within your kingdom. And we thank you that we, the committed ones, the remnant, have brought heaven to earth, that we have brought your kingdom into this physical existence by simply letting you be God and a ruler of every area of our life. We bless your holy name and we declare your spirit over every word to be spoken, over every spirit to be received, and over every level of wisdom to be imparted. These things we pray through the precious blood and the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. As I said, the title of this segment is Blessed by Division. The word division sounds like something that is not supposed to be spoken when we think of the things of God, but it's not only spoken, it's manifested. And what is it, Matthew, honey?
1: Matthew 10.
0: And what what did Jesus say in Matthew 10?
1: Think not that I have come to send peace on earth. I have come to send peace but a sword. For I have I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's foes shall be they of his own household.
0: So this is going to get really deep, but the first thing that I need to do is get you to understand that Jesus said that there would be division. Paul later said, "I, I hear that there are divisions among you. Today, there is a division between the, the professed body of Christ and the Father in heaven. And I know that sounds a little harsh, but by the time of this study is over, you're going to understand what I'm saying to you. Now, in the book of Psalms, it says, uh, Psalms 1, 1 Psalms through 3. Psalms 1 through
1: 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night.
0: Now, what is the law of the Lord? When the people were brought out of Israel and Moses went up on the mountain and God gave his law, and it was 10 simple commandments. Mm -hmm. A commandment is a directive. Yes. A law is a guideline that you might choose to follow. It's a law about speeding. There's a law that says you're supposed to keep a particular speed on certain roads. But we have a choice to obey it or not. But a commandment is a direct implication. Now, blessed is the man that has the law of God meditated in his mind day and night. But do we? Understand, we're talking about understanding how we as individuals— have a schism in our relationship with God. I want to make this clear to you. If you are not in a place where you really want to grow and you want to find something that might help, if you're not in that place and you test everything, everything by something other than the Spirit, but instead your intellect, it's probably best that you not even continue on this podcast. Just turn it off. But if you are seeking a greater understanding, a clarity. Brenda, you're going to have to tone in on me if you get something. Yes, I will. Because I'm, I get on a roll and I, I don't yes. forget you there, but you have to <laughs> cut me off. If there's something you're looking for, you might find it here, but you won't know until you look. Now, if we are walking... In the, in the, if we have the law of God in our heart, and understand that some people might say to you, oh, we're free from the law. Christ Jesus has freed us from the law. He freed us from the law of sin and death. But what, what scripture is it that says God does not change? Um, Malachi
1: 3, 6.
0: And what does it say?
1: I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed.
0: Now, they rejected God so many times. Israel yes, they knew the word of God. They knew it because he was the first one that they gave, he gave his law to. And every opportunity they had, they turned away from his law. Every opportunity. God said, I don't change. I am not going to change what I said in the beginning, because I meant what I said, Jesus freed us from the, lo- from the law of sin and death. And when he rose, he empowered us to know the heart of the father within us, not by a written word. Matter of fact, let me, let me kind of give you some clarity on how we will intentionally separate ourselves from God. I recently did a podcast that was called Learning the Heart of God. And what it said was that the word of God is not sufficient. We must have a relationship with him. And the reason I said it is because the people of Israel had the word. And too many times God struck them down, cast them into into slavery, and turned his face against them. Why? Because they knew everything he said. They knew his word. They knew his desire. And they still couldn't do it. They were powerless to do his will. But he had a plan. And in that plan, the Holy Spirit was imparted into the earth that, it, that the heart of God might live in the heart of men. A man doesn't read a book that a woman wrote to learn what it is that pleases her. He gets to know her. He c- converses with her. He asks her questions yes. so that he can better understand who she is. Not by the book she wrote, but by her very heart's endeavor with each moment. He takes her to a restaurant and she takes a bite of something. Hey, how do you like that? We don't ask God questions. We tell him what we want, what we need, what we desire. We have to desire to know his heart. If the word is sufficient, as it was not for Israel, is it sufficient for you? Here's how I'm going to help you to understand if it is or is not. The scriptures told us many things about dealing with one another. And except that we understand how God told us to deal with one another, we're at an impasse. Let me tell you a story about someone that I love, an individual committed a travesty against me. They thought they were doing it in secret. But it turns out that my, not only was my wife a witness to it, but a pastor was a witness to it. About six years later, I confronted them about it, and I said, do you remember doing this? Have you spoke to the Lord to repent of it? Well, they denied it. They rejected any knowledge of what they had done. And they pretty much told me that me, my wife, and the pastor were a liar. And my response to them was, seek God. Maybe your mind has blocked it out. Maybe it was so intense for you that you blocked it out. I don't know. But here's what I ask you. Seek the Lord. And ask him, if there's anything that you have done that you have not repented of, that he might reveal it to you so that you can repent. Because where there's no repentance, there's no forgiveness. Uh, yes. The person looked me in the face. I saw the expression on their face change. And they said, I do not receive that. This is someone that loves God and said, I will not seek God. They later... uh, after I did the podcast on learning the heart of God and understanding that you getting in that Bible and reading that Bible every day is not sufficient. You have to have a personal relationship with God. You have to spend time talking with him, asking him questions because you ain't got it all figured out. None of us do. But by speaking with him intimately, not because it's something we want, desire, or need, but because we desire intimacy with him. That's where we learn his heart. Well, they attacked me on that. This person had told me I will not seek God. They came back to me and they said, the most powerful thing you ever told me was to seek God. Well, I need you to seek God about where we find his heart. So what they were telling me was you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. And then at the end of it, they said, you truly are an apostle. (laughs) that's only one the point i'm making is this people that say they love god but have not developed a personal relationship with him do not know how to treat the people around them they don't know how to treat themselves i i remember an incident remember the church where you wanted to feed the kids what's the story behind that
1: well um I had actually went to the pastor. Well, let me let me just backtrack a little bit. Um every Sunday or every fourth Sunday uh, or basically once a month, they would actually um have like a breakfast at the church. So, each of the members would get together and you know, bring a dish you know, and they would, they would just feed whoever was there pretty much. And the other three Sundays, you know, they wouldn't have anything. They, they had nothing. So I'm sitting in church one day and I, one Sunday, and I just, I noticed that the kids were kind of, most of the kids were kind of just riled up, um, they wanted to eat and things like that. So after church, I talked to uh, a couple of the mothers and they were saying, yeah, you know, she's hungry. I didn't have time or I didn't get anything for him to eat. You know, we just lost track of time or we were running late or whatever the case may be. And we we didn't have time. So I went to the pastor uh, that Monday and I said to her, hey, um, would you mind if I, fed the children every Sunday. Like we could make this a lot easier for the parents. Yes. if They just got up every Sunday, got their family together and came to the church into the cafeteria there because they had like a little cafeteria, you know, holds about 50 people. Um, and they can come in there, no worries, feed the children. I told her, you don't have to worry about anything. My husband and I, we will take care of the food. It's not a lot. You know, I I just need your blessing on this. And she said to me, look me straight in the face. I'll talk to the Lord about it. I said, okay, okay. You know, I mean, that's fair. So a week goes by, we're in church and I'm noticing the same thing next week, we're in church, still no word from the pastor. I'm, same thing's going on. So third week rolls around. I decided, you know what? I'm going to go and, and, and talk to her and ask her, because I'm thinking maybe she just forgot, you know? So I go up to her and I ask her, hey, um, did you forget? Did you... Talk to the Lord about it? Did he give you his blessing? You know. She said, No, no, no. I, I I didn't seek the Lord on it. No. So I said, Oh, okay. Well, when you do, let me know. Two more weeks go by. So at this point, we're looking at five weeks. And in that time frame, normally where they would have the um, you know, the the breakfast on that you know, that last Sunday of the of the month, they didn't even have breakfast then. So here we are five weeks later and we still nothing, no food. So the sixth week comes along and I said something to her again and she said, well, um, I don't know. I did seek the Lord about it, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do that or not. I don't know. No, she said, "I'll let you know." <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay, okay." So, and that was uh, that six week, six weeks now, six weeks. So, during the week after that, during the week after I had spoken to her that Sunday, I told my husband, "I said, you know what? The Lord has put put it in me." to feed those children. And you know what? I'm gonna gonna do do that. I'm gonna do it. Because we were, first of all, we were already going there early, setting up equipment for the music and all that. So we already had the keys. So we were already opening up anyway. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And if she doesn't like that, then she can just tell me, hey, don't do this again. But the Lord has already put it in me to feed these children. And I did it. I did just that. I called the members of the church and told them, hey, you know, just get your family together, get them ready. And you guys come on down to the church. There's breakfast here for them. And I'm telling you, we didn't have that problem after that. They were coming. They were on time. The kids were fed. They weren't swarming all around in the church. Mm-hmm. They were sitting at the pulpit, just sitting there because they're full and they're not nagging their parents. None of that. They didn't have to take care of the food. They didn't have to try to cook or bring a dish. No worries. Just come, feed your kids, and go into the sanctuary and enjoy the service. And that's exactly what they did. But you know, all of that, eight weeks. Mm. To get her to say something, then I find out later that she um, had told someone, hey, you know, she didn't want this to be done. Um, She has spoken to the Lord, but yeah, it was a good thing, but she didn't want it done, you Mm -hmm. know, because she felt jealous. She felt that the um, body of the church was going to start liking me, and that was never my intentions. It was just to feed the children, and I received that from the Lord, and I did just that. And, and, and she didn't like it. She didn't like it, but we did it, and she, you know she came to, to like it afterwards when she was sitting in there eating the breakfast. but you know <laughs> we, we fed those children every day and any family member you know that wanted to come in and eat as well. So it wasn't just for the children.
0: But you know, it was it was for everyone. It was for the manifestation of God's presence. Yes, yes, it so, was. So, why would somebody not want the Bible? The scriptures say that if you see your brother in need and you fail to help him, you have yes. ability and you don't do it. Yes. Then where is the love of God in you? Yes. Now, see, this is That's the word natural a- a- affection. Natural, natural affection that we talked about last that we week. Talked about last week. But how can You know the word, which says to love thy neighbor as thyself. And if you see your brother in need and close up the bowels of of your ability, then where's the love of God in you? If this is the word and you can't do it, why? Because you don't have a relationship with God. Yes, You only know the word. We are drowning in information, but we are thirsting for wisdom. You know... When we think about wisdom, God spoke about wisdom in Psalms 1, and he said something speaking to those who are contrary to the ones that desire wisdom. Because some people seek wisdom. They seek a clarity, a greater understanding. Some people, they don't want anything that says that they were wrong.
1: (laughs) No, they don't. And don't
0: tell them that they're wrong either. Oh, and, and we have to learn as those who are in the kingdom and walking in righteousness, peace and joy of the Lord, yes, to yes. know the ones that walk contrary. And that we're going to deal with that. How did God say to deal with the ones who walk contrary? But let's start with Psalms 1. And we're going to read the whole chapter, but in the middle there's something I want you to see that I guarantee you most of you have missed it. It's something that God said about what how he would respond to your hard times. If you will not receive a spirit, a a voice of wisdom, which cometh from the Lord.
1: Uh, So this is Psalms 1 and 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh Mm -hmm. not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor strandeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doeth he meditate day and night.
0: Now, if that man meditates, In the law of the Lord, Uh day and night, Proverbs 1, 1, 20 20
1: through 33.
0: This is what God had to say about how he's empowered to do that. But if he doesn't adhere to the availability of wisdom, He will not be able to delight in the law of the Lord. He will not be able to not walk in in the presence of the scornful and the ungodly. But go go ahead, Proverbs.
1: Proverbs uh, 1, 20 through 33. Wisdom crieth without. She uttered her voice in the streets. She cried in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gate in the city, she uttered her words saying, how long? Ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge? Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out unto my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regard. Read that verse again. Because I have called, and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set all knotted, all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your clemat- calamity <laughs> I will let me read that again. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as
0: desolation. Hold, hold on a second. Did you hear what he said? When all hell has fallen on you and you have no power of your own hand, and now you want to turn to God, I will laugh at your calamity. I will laugh at what you're going through because you're going through it because you came out from under my covering. You trusted everything but me. The wisdom see, the word doesn't give wisdom, the word gives directive to obtain. But we don't. Follow the directive. We process it as knowledge and it never becomes wisdom. Go on. Start back at uh, your calamity.
1: Yes. So let me go back to 26. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Uh, 27. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall They call upon me, but I will not answer. Mm. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They, They despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearketh unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil.
0: There is so much evil. I'm sorry. There is so much evil in the presence of the professed body of Christ. Covetousness. Envy, strife, malice, Malice, jealousy. Jealousy. And anybody listening to me, if you look, you know that this is a fact. So how can this be in the presence of the people of God? I take responsibility, first of all, because I know what needs to be done. And for too many years, I failed to do what needs to be done. The word says it. But see, here's our problem. We want to be accepted of people. We want for them to receive who we are. So we will not stand against who they are if they're contrary to God. But let's see what the scriptures say about that. Galatians 6.1.
1: Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted.
0: Okay. If a brother's overtaken, consider him yourself. you know, because you could fall too. Yes. but let me read another thing that the scriptures say that seems like it can't be reconciled.:
1: Okay, this is uh, 1 Corinthians 5:11 through13. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, a covetous. Or an adulterer, or a railer, or a drunken, or an extortioner, which such and one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without?
0: Now, one scripture said that you are to consider the brother overtaken in a fault. The next one says that you're not supposed to deal with him, period. Mm -hmm. Now, let's understand the difference between the two. The first one said overtaken Mm -hmm. with an all-out endeavor to outrun the negativities in their life. They were were run down. Here's an example. A woman comes into the church, and it's obvious she's not a regular churchgoer. She looks like she just came out of the club, and uh, everything in her clothes is coming out of her clothes. So I, let's say I go uh, past the fast food restaurant on the way from the service, and I see this one of the deacons in the parking lot talking with the woman getting in her car, and I see him the next week, and I say, "Well, deacon, you know, um, that woman that came in church last Sunday, and and the look on his face—it was like, oh yeah, everybody saw her." Said, "Well, you know, when people come in." It's up to us to uphold a, a, a godly behavior. I saw you meeting with her. Do you think you upheld a godly behavior? And his head drops and it lifts back up. See, this is a brother that was overtaken in a fault. He was drawn away in lust. He, didn't, he saw an opportunity to deal with this woman outside yeah. of the godly confines. Yes, And he took and that he opportunity. Spoken. But when he dropped his head, it showed a humility. The shame. Because he was run down by a behavior that was outside of what he knew to be right. The scripture said if a brother is overtaken, you could tell the difference between someone is overtaken and in the next verse it said what if a brother be?
1: John. John. First John. You talking about first John?
0: No, here. Corinthians. Corinthians.
1: Oh. If a Uh, brother
0: be a liar, a railer, an adulterer, have no dealing with with them, no not not even to
1: to eat. eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without?
0: Shall we not also judge them that are within? The difference between being overtaken and when you be that thing, when I confronted this individual that had done that horrible thing to me, and I said, why don't you seek God? They fought with everything in them to say, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, I didn't. I didn't do nothing wrong. I didn't do nothing wrong. Okay, seek God about it. I, I do not receive that. This is one that yeah. be a liar, a railer, and a fornicator. See, a liar, steals, a liar steals the truth. So if you're a liar, you're a thief. A thief mm-hmm. says that they have a right To what's not theirs. So they've just lied. That's why the scriptures say a liar and a thief shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God is right now, right here, where he reigns in our life, where he is first and foremost. Now, how many people, not only how many people in your life, but I'm talking about you too. How many people in your life do you? exposed to contrary spirits that are that are not a part of your relationship with God but yet you have these spirits these and understand fornication is intimacy with a strange spirit, spirit be it the yes. body of a woman or a demonic force it's fornication but my question is in your relationships with people do you bring gold to them or do you bring a schism do you bring something to them that shows that there's a lack in your relationship with God? We cannot serve two masters. We'll love one and hate, hate the other. other. Yes. We really yes. have to look at our behavior. And we have to understand the fact that our behavior is a reflection of how we feel about him. Yes, Because we're either going to hold true to what is right with him or what's right with us. Yes, I, I feel it. I think it. It's right. Do you know that this can get so bad that God will not hear prayers on your behalf? So the you're scripture
1: praying amiss.
0: Yes, you're you you can you, you can pray if you want.
1: Pray all you want, but the Bible says you're praying amiss. He he doesn't even hear it. Yes, he doesn't hear it.
0: Yes. It's almost like you, you're calling home asking your wife what she's cooking you for dinner. It's 1130 at night. You're at the club, a strip club. Everything you're doing is an enmity against her, but you believe that she's thinking on your best behalf. What, what does our First John say? Uh,
1: First John 5, 16. If any man sees his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin unto not unto death.
0: Now, the scriptures tell us that if you believe the lie and not the truth, that God will turn you over to a reprobate mind. Reprobate means not having foundational principles. Yes. And the foundational principles are so simple. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Loving God with those four ingredients will cause you to love people as he would want you to. But when you don't love God that way, you're going to treat him in a different way. Now, there's an issue in your life. You're going wayward constantly. God is coming to you. He's telling you, hey, This doesn't please me. This isn't exactly what I want of you. I need you to straighten this out. God is not going to come to you to deal with issues in your life until he knows you've come to a place where you're ready to hear. But if you never get there, he's not going to speak to you until you have a question. Lord, what do I need to do to grow? What is it about me that you would change? I feel I'm fine, but what would you change? We got to go to them and ask questions. Mm-hmm. But understand something. That person that is a liar, a real, an adulterer, a fornicator, a thief, an extortioner. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
0: Do you know how many pastors there are that are extortioners? Yes. <laughs> Look, the scriptures say that if any man, that if you see your brother in a sin, sin. Mm-hmm. Read that again, 1 John five sixteen.
1: If any man sees his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death.
0: So he's saying that if somebody's sinning, they're constantly sinning. You love them. You love this person and you're praying mm-hmm. for them. He said, if you see a brother sinning a sin that is not unto death, pray for him. Pray for them. But he also said, if they sin not unto death, we got to understand what that means. Because there is a sin unto death, and I do not say you should pray Pray for for it. it. Do you want to know what that sin is? I bet your pastor never told you, because they haven't gotten a revelation. The sin unto death is self-idolatry. You idolize yourself. You lift yourself up. You believe in what it is you want, not God. Mm -hmm. when when the Lord has come to you to speak to you over and see this is the root sin this is the root sin Uh self-idolatry causes covetousness jealousy Jealousy, envy oh more than anything uh what is it uh covetousness covetousness more than anything but this is the root element of those sins being in your life these are sinful natures they are of the flesh they are not of the fruits of the spirit so he says, if you see these brothers, if your brother sends a sin unto death, the root element of you being able to do the things you are doing is self-idolatry. You idolize your own intent, your own hope.
1: Yes, because, you know, people think that, oh, you know what? I'm not out killing anyone. I'm not killing. I'm not murdering. I'm not robbing. You know, I'm I'm not doing any of the grand theft auto. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not I'm not sinning those sins, but they never think about the others, the 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 jealousy, the covetousness,
0: the enmities against God. Yeah,
1: the malice, the strife, the backbite. They don't think about that stuff. They just think, oh, you know, I I'm I'm not murdering somebody. I'm, I didn't shoot anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't commit murder. I didn't steal someone's car, I didn't break into someone's house, I didn't rob anybody, you know. So they're thinking those sins, but they forget about the other sins
0: that should not be named yes. among us.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So what so how is this unto death? He didn't say a sin of death. He said, he said a unto. sin unto, mm-hmm. meaning something you will do until the day you die. You know how that's possible? because God knows where you will reach an impasse. Yes. He knows when he will not be able to reach you. Yeah. He knows when you are at the end of the, the line of listening. Like somebody said to me, I do not receive seeking God. That's an because impasse that, that uh, you're yeah, at a yeah. place yeah. in your mind mm-hmm. where he can't give you anything above what you feel. So, the scriptures say, "If your brother sins a sin unto death," in other words, God can no longer speak to him. Yes. So if wow. God knows that that person's not going to hear him, he doesn't want you coming to him on their behalf. He knows they're not going to hear him. They're going to hear him now because you're praying. When the Lord sees that you have reached an impasse. We don't want to be like people are going to be after yes. the rapture with no spirit to lead us out of our ways. Yes, We are in our way. We're in his way. There is a sin unto death. Now you will commit that thing to the day you die. Yes, Because oh, God yes, can't God. reach you on it. And if you didn't have the intellect to understand it as being wrong, just from it being in his word. See, because his word tells us, what he desires and it should draw us to seek him about where we are all of this studying don't do nothing if you're not getting the waters of the spirit we're drowning in information and knowledge but yet we're 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 thirsty we're dried out and we're we're in a deficit for the waters of the spirit
1: Getting all that knowledge, but still not walking the walk.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, that's just crazy to me. It
0: it is crazy. I know how to fly a helicopter. Plain and simple, I know how to fly a helicopter. I know all the controls. I know how it works. But I'm not going to get behind on on the helm because I don't understand it. it. Yes. I know the... All the knowledge, no understanding. I know the the procedure, but I don't understand it. And the last thing I want to do is get above ground and don't have a clue. Yes, how Make to understand, understand what's understand happening, what's
1: going on. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because see, flying a helicopter, mm-hmm. sure, there are lots of controls, but there's also wind variance. There's a lot of things, you know, with the changing of the weather, the density in the air changes, so the helicopter has to be operated differently Yeah. because of the the uh, variance in humidity. Yes, or even dry air. Mm-hmm. So. I stay away from what I don't understand because I don't have anybody to give me wisdom. But the Lord said that wisdom, when it comes to the things of God, wisdom cries out in the street.
1: Yes. Yes. It
0: and is. if no one wants to answer, he said, I will laugh when your calamity when comes, comes. Yes. And I will turn away from you. Remember what we're talking about here. We're not talking about people outside of your life before we're talking about you because you may be sending negative relationship variances into other people's lives, but you may be receiving it from twenty people around you. We've got to get on tune in tune with our relationship with God. Yes, we have to yes. understand that we're falling short.
1: yes, we do because let me tell you um when when I met John and you know we used to um we would go into the Bible and we would study things. And outside of that, you know, he used to tell me things and I was, you know what? No, this is not right. Let me tell you something. One day God told me, you need to listen to him. You need to listen. You're not listening to him because you're trying to go by your own knowledge of what you think that you know. And let me tell you something. I had to erase everything that I knew or thought that I knew and start listening. And let me tell you, things just started making sense. And when I started going into the Bible, reading on my own and reading that it was, God would just give me, just give me that understanding. I started to get the understanding so you can have knowledge, but is that understanding? Yes. Yes and i started getting that understanding and knowing the things that i was doing you know and i thought on the same levels as a lot of people out there oh i'm not robbing anybody i'm not stealing but you know what there was some animosity for different people there was jealousy of different people there was you know just other little things i i i won't say it was bad but it was still there you know because When you really stop and and think about it, no one sin is greater than the next. Come on. No one sin is greater than the next. Because I didn't do this, I can get away with that. No. A sin is a sin is a sin, period. And I had to really dig deep. And I come to the understanding, no, you need to repent, Brenda. (laughs) You need to repent. And you need to stop, and you need to repent. And from there, I've just been on a totally different level with God. From there forward, so it changed for me. It it changed for me.
0: I remember when we met. Um, i I had a radio broadcast in uh, Florida, in St. Pete, and I left Florida because the wife I had at the time, I discovered six different men that she was dealing with. Well, I told God, I'm going to leave her. I'm not giving her nothing. I'm going to send her home to her mother. Well, he told me, no, you're not. Everything you did here, you did it for her. You give it to her. Said you didn't do anything for me until you started the radio show. Then you committed the work of your hand to me. Yes. He said, when you met her, you laughed with her about how she cheated on her ex-husband. So you knew who she was when you married her. So don't blame her. This is your fault. And then he said, and by the way, you said she was your wife. I didn't. I
1: didn't. (laughs) Because, you know, wanting what you want. Yes. You want what you want. You're not listening to God. You're not listening to his direction. And his directive didn't direct you to her. No <laughs> you directed no. yourself. So, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I want a husband, I want a wife. No, you need to, you really need to wait on the Lord and wait for what he has for you.
0: Because the reality of it is nobody should want a husband or wife. Yes. But their husband, husband. or wife. Yes. Yes. Because there's a the, the devil's there's always gonna try to imitate what God is doing. And when God does something. It might be scary. I remember when I uh, met Brenda, um, she said to me, well, okay, you're separated, but how do I know, you know, why should I get involved with you? Your wife is liable to, before you can divorce her, she's liable to call you and want to get things back together again. This is in California. I've left Florida, gone to California. I tried to run back home to D.C. where I'm from. And every time my life went awry, I'd run back home. And he said, no, you're not. You're going where I send you. Yeah. I was looking at a map and I saw San Diego and I said, Lord, I don't know nobody out there. <laughs> I'm in Florida. You're telling me to go up all the way across and back down. I listened. I surrendered everything. I gave up the business, the house, both vehicles, and I left on a bus. Because when God sends you on his course, he needs for you to be broken. Yeah. He needs for you to have no power of your own hand.
1: Yeah. Not to mention the fact that uh, when you did get the bus ticket, he made you wait 10 days. Oh, Lord. Wait 10 days. You're getting the ticket for 10 days from now. Yeah. And you're going to wait. Yeah. He told me. You need to know that I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. You're not going to just up and I'm doing this. You're going to wait. So he waited there in Florida for 10 days. And I got to admit,
0: I was scared. I was sleeping in the office with the door locked because I didn't know who she was anymore. Yeah. You know, she cooked dinner for me. I'm not eating that. (laughs) (laughs) You better not. But when I met Brenda, I remember there was something going on. And she came to me and said, the Lord said, you need my help. And I know that you're a man of accomplishment, and I don't mean to attack your pride, but God said you need my help. Now, here's the funny part. A month later, she said, well, how do you know when you're hearing God's voice? Because I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me just explain that. (laughs) Because in my mind, like a lot of you have done, you think that when you're hearing from God that you're hearing a physical voice. You think, oh, I I need to hear a physical voice to know that God is talking to me. But you know what? You hear them. You just don't realize that you are hearing them. You know that you're doing this thing that's right. Okay, you say, oh, something Something told told me me to (laughs) go over there and and see if that lady is okay in that car. No, something didn't. No, God told you to go over there. Because the devil's not going to tell you to do anything that's right. You remember that, and we want to believe it's all thoughts. Yeah, we want to think, oh, it's it's us saying go. No, that's God talking to you. So it's not a physical voice that you're hearing or it's a spirit that you feel. Of directive. You yes, yes, and that's what I thought. That you know, I it's just a physical voice, but I knew that you know, I. I needed to do this. God had already directed me to do it. So yeah. It's it's not a physical voice.
0: Yeah. We uh we had such a battle. We our relationship with God was built on our desire to be together. Because yeah. every time we looked up, it was a Lord, if you're doing this, you but you better speak to me. Yes. Because I'm ready to go. I remember once <laughs> Brenda tried to leave me. She was going to leave. She was going to leave her car. She's going to leave our apartment. She's going to leave her director of transportation job. She was leaving everything to get away from me. (laughs) She was going to leave everything for the cause of getting away from me. He drove me crazy. (laughs) Well, I could not I could have drove her crazy since she was leaving her car for me. <laughs> <laughs> drove her too crazy. But plain and simple, we learn the heart of God yeah. through Jesus. The scriptures say that Jesus learned obedience through the things he endured. Yeah. When you don't like what you're dealing with and it has the power to bring malice or anger or strife in your life, You got, hey, you got free will. You can do whatever you want. Yes, yes. But will you come back to whatever it is that's going to be pleasing to God, what is going to line up with your relationship with him? See, because I can go on the street, for some reason, my wife thinks I'm a good-looking guy. I'm a train wreck. (laughs) But there may be other women in the street that might think the same thing. And I don't care what a woman looks like. If she comes up to me, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Well, what's your name? Son of God. (laughs) Messenger of the Most High. Apostle John Morton. (laughs) Yeah. Because, see, one reality that we have to come to is however we conduct ourselves in hidden places is who we really are. Yes. The scriptures say, what love and mercy is this? The father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Do you reflect that in hidden places? Do you reflect it in conversations with people when the strength of your hand is needed? Because I don't trust nothing but God. I don't trust me. Yes, exactly. Because the heart is wretched above all measure and who could know it? That's why I put it in his hand and let him have it. I'm learning that where I have a word of correction or a word of enlightenment for someone that I know is not mature enough spiritually to consider greater things, I know that it's not my place. God doesn't always need me to move. I need to move when God tells me to move. move. Yes. Yes, But we always want to believe I'm going to do a move of God. No. God's gonna do a move of God if you're available. Yes. Look, everyone. Yeah. Today we dealt with a very hard subject. And the subject simply is: do you are you asking for something from God based on what you think? Because He did not come to bring unity but division he came to divide and and in leviticus it says he will divide the cattle from cattle you know there's another scripture talking about sheep from goats but when he says cattle from cattle he's saying there are two people that may appear to be the same
1: yes but they
0: are not the Not the same and they need to be divided if you are married and there's someone in your life that is an enmity against your union with your wife how do you deal with them do you continue to deal with them as a friend someone that when you're with them the phone rings at 6 30 in the evening while you're sitting in the sports bar and you didn't go home yet and your wife called and oh that's my wife man forget her man she'll you'll get there when you get there would you allow someone to direct you like that yes I know there are people that speak of me and my wife's union about how of God it is and they curse it every day from a hidden place and think that we don't know. But God reveals all things.
1: Always reveals.
0: We are, we are seriously over time. Yes, we <laughs> but are. there is we have no time. Time belongs to the Lord. I want to close this uh, podcast with a prayer. A prayer asking God to touch the hearts of the people who have heard it and their families, our families. Would you like to pray? No, you, Lord. Okay. Heavenly Father, we glorify you this day. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom being sent into the lives of each and every person that has heard today's broadcast. If they are watching or if they're listening, this day, we declare the majesty might and power of your spirit in their lives. We declare an element of revelation in them to take them into a new season. We declare that they shall learn that you are far greater than the power of their hand and that in trusting you all things will come to fruition. This day we ask that they would come to an understanding of the fact that Christ may have died for the to give us victory over hell, death and the grave, but he rose. that your spirit might abide within us that we are no longer configured by words on a page but we are configured by the heart of the author and that the words on the page are now just a confirmation of everything that he said within us let your glory be known in their lives this day let them be the element needed for the redemption of their families let them be the proof of your glory in a lost and perverted world let them be made aware of everything that you are doing within them this day help them to come to understand the relationship that you desire to have with them we cast down every adverse spirit that was standing in their way we cast down every we cast the devourer down the one that that desires to devour their hope, their peace, their joy, their finances, their prosperity, and their ability to walk in you. We curse anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of you that they may be able to come to a fullness of understanding in you. We pray these things, Lord God, not as a proclamation of what we desire to see, but as a proclamation of all that you have already said. You said it is your will that none should be lost and no man shall come to know you and be lost. This day, we bless your holy name above all things. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us today. And just so that you know, you can go to theapostlescorner.com. And there you can find a number to contact us uh, as well as read from our blog or access the YouTube channel or the podcast website. I'm Apostle John Morton.
1: And I'm Brendan Morton.
0: (laughs) And it's been a joy having you today. Be abundantly blessed.